it just blesses you as the Lord has put this story um, really in my heart. And it's a story of King Asa. That's A-S-A if you could find it there in 2 Chronicles chapter 14. And, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Uh, the message is called, it's titled The King's Tale. Uh, a King's Tale, the one who begins well but ended badly. And that's the message I want to share with you today in the book of 2 Chronicles. If you don't have a Bible, it's fine. We're just going to place the scripture up here so you can follow along with us. So don't feel lost today and be like, oh my God, I didn't bring a Bible. Just, just look up here. And if not, just reach over and look at someone. Just reach over and touch somebody. Amen. And um, if you have your smartphones out, your iPads out, or your Bibles out, I'll make sure you're ready for next week with notes and your Bible. Amen. You ready? Wow. Amen. You ready? Yes. Uh, that's the new life that I know. Second Chronicles chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 2 through 7, and then I'll stop for a second. Look at, let's get an introduction here of Asa. Ready? It says, Asa did what was good and what was right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He removed the altars of the foreign gods in the high places, and he broke down the gods and broke down the sacred pillars, and he cut down the wooden images. Verse 4. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God, I love that part. You could just underline that. Seek the Lord God and to observe the law and the commandment. And he also removed the high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah. And the kingdom was quiet under him. I'm going I'm to make points in a little bit. Verse 6. And he built fortified cities in Judah. For the land had rest and he had no war in those years. Because the Lord had given him what, church? Say it with me. Rest. Very important. In these seven verses that you see what's going on, okay? The Lord was giving him rest, and then let's end here in verse 7 for right now. It says, therefore, he said to Judah, this is probably one of the most important parts that I'm reading so far. It says, let us build these cities and let us make walls around them. Let us make towers and gates and bars. Uh, let's secure ourselves because the Lord is with us, man. Let's just do this right if we're going to do it, right? That's, that's kind of what he's doing here. Because we have sought the Lord our God, and we've sought him, watch this, and he has given us rest on every side. So they built, and church, as they built, they prospered. Okay, I want you to just look at King Asa so far. How is King Asa doing? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Everyone show me with your hands. Good. Anyone in the back? I didn't see no hands back there. All right, good. King Asa is doing a great job. He just took over the land of Judah. His dad just died. And now he's next in line to become the king of Judah. So he becomes the king of Judah, and he says, hey, Judah, from this point on, we're going to serve the living God, okay? And as we serve God, we're not going to serve God with all these altars that don't belong to God. We're going to take away all these churches that are not the churches of the Lord God. So he started ripping down the, the altars and all these monuments that were designed for these other gods. And he told Judah, seek the Lord your God. And as they sought God, it says that they began to be filled with peace in every side. There was no war. Everywhere was rest, and not only that, but they began to build the city of Judah, and as they began to build, something else happens. It says that they prospered. So important that we 
catch this in King Asa's life. Why? Because I'm going to give you a king's tale, and I'm going to talk about a time that was so long ago in Judah. When the kingdom was divided, when the north was Israel and the south was Judah. And I'm talking about Judah today. So long ago when that was. And we're going to grab something from so long ago. We're going to rip it out of text. And we're going to apply it to our lives and say, wow, God can still speak to me in that way. And we're going to say, yeah. And, and, and we see King Asa here. And we see how these first, from chapter 14, verses 2 through 7, how it describes his reign. He begins very well, and you're going to see in a little bit how he ends off. You see, look at how he begins. He begins by trusting in God. Not a bad way to begin. Pretty good. Good job. You passed the first test. He began by trusting in the Lord God. And not only that, but if you read right, it said, and he obeyed the laws and the words. See if you guys remember reading it. Many of you are like me, huh? You're reading, you have no idea what you just read. Okay, he obeyed, I'll help you. He obeyed the law and the commandment of God. Started off pretty good. Not a bad thing, obey the book. All right, I'll obey. That's it, just obey. All right, I got it. They said they did a good job. He obeyed the book of the law and he obeyed the commandment. And as he did that, as he obeyed God's word, it says that he began to find success and he began to prosper. But in a couple minutes, we're going to jump into deeper into Asa's life later on in his years. Asa reigns. I mean, we have a president for four years, right? And then half the country wants to kick him out and then get a new president. And maybe we like him and let him serve two terms and complete the eight years. And then we kick him out and we get another president. All right, check this out. Asa reigned for about 41 years. That's a long reign of a king. He's a good king. A very good king. And God blessed his reign for 41 years, but at the end of his reign, the last five years, something amazing happens. And you're going to see how Asa goes from trusting God to now he begins to trust man. He begins to trust materialism. And he becomes disobedient to God's book. He becomes disobedient to God's command. And something that happens to Asa that you're probably going to be able to relate with at the end of this service is this. Because he begins to drift away from God and from God's word. This is what happens to Asa. Asa finds himself defeated in calamity. As a matter of fact, he is filled, or a better word, struck with a disease. You see that at the end, at the five years of his life. Why? Because you, 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 you went away from God, Asa. You should have stayed, you you stayed on path. You, you should have stayed on the right road, you know. But he went away. These first verses, what an introduction um, to his reign. He roots out the idol worship. He commands all of Judah, hey, listen, seek the Lord. And in return, the Lord said, good, you're seeking me, awesome. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you peace. Not bad. How many of you want that in your life? I do. Heck yeah, man. Peace in every side, baby. Pay all my bills in every side. Pay the mortgage, pay the electricity, pay the cable. Pay the... I want peace in every side. How many of you want that part? Amen. And that's what's going on with Asa. The bills are being paid. The enemies were staying far. He was on point. And God was blessing him as he was blessing God. He was doing a good job. Verse 3 and 4 shows how he went straight to work. He tells Judah, hey, seek the Lord as he breaks down all the altars of these false gods. And then in verse 4 he says, hey, and we are to keep the law and to keep the commandments. You know, 
I look at that because in verses 3 and 4 in 2 Chronicles 14, he does something so important in our lives that we are to apply it to us. Check this out. Asa realizes that it's in God, his God, the only true and living God. And what does he do? He rips down everything that is against God. And I love a part of how he said this in, in, in the middle of what he was saying. And it was so true. You know, I'm going to go to another scripture. I'm going to jump there. If you're taking notes, write this scripture down. It's 1 Corinthians, and it's found in chapter 10. I'm going to read two verses, verses 5 and 6. I want you to know the power that you have when God is on your side, when God is within your life. Check this out. Verse 5 says, we destroy. Everyone say destroy. Isn't that an awesome word when God is with you? Like, you have the ability to destroy, like, if you're anything like me, I like that. I like to destroy. Like, I don't like to build things, but I'll be part of the team that says, can I bring down the wall? I like to get a, a hammer and jack it up. I'm that dude. I'm the I like to just destroy. I'll just, I'm good at destroying, but don't ask me to build it up. I'm not good with that kind of stuff. I'm not the handyman. But I'm the destroying man. I'll, I'll knock down a wall if you want me to. I'll drive one of those machines and I'll bring it down. You see, look what we have with God. Look at the power that when God is in our lives, he gives us this ability. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says, hey, church in Corinth, you have the ability to destroy. Oh, whoa, man, that's kind of heavy. The heck am I going to destroy? You know, I thought I'm here to love and peace and joy. And I thought I was supposed to be this Christian. You know, hey, dudes, you know. No, Christians are much mightier than we think. And you are much mightier and tougher you are a warrior. You're not just a saint dressed up in a robe worshiping God in this temple that's filled up with smoke. You are a mighty warrior that goes to war and you fight against satanic and spiritual and fleshly things, carnal things that you could overcome and say, my God is Lord God. Well, let, let's show it to you. We all know these verses. Look what we can destroy. Verse 5 says, we destroy arguments. That's good. How many of you hate arguments? I hate arguments. I hate arguments. I'm married, so I know what arguments are now. You know, I, I hate arguments. Arguments stink. Arguments are not good. And, and what do you want to do? You want to destroy arguments. You want to destroy arguments. But watch this. And every lofty opinion that is raised against the knowledge of God. Oh, really? Every thought that is, and, and we are to take every thought captive and to bring it to obedience into Christ. And we are to be ready to punish Everything that is in disobedience to God. And when your obedience is completed, that's, that's, that's how it's going to happen. I love how Paul says this. This is only going to happen as we seek the Lord and as we keep his law and as we keep his commandments and as we are obedient to God. You have the ability to destroy the things that lift up themselves against the knowledge of God. Really, yes. That in you, you have the power of the blood of the Lamb. That when something rises itself against the word of God and against Jesus Christ, you don't have to say this. Well, I got to be a Christian and be quiet and I'm not allowed to argue and fight. No, no, no. You come valiant. You, you come powerful and you destroy things with the word of God, with the power of Christ in his name. You have that ability, church. And, and here's King Asa. King Asa becomes king. And he says, well, what do I do now as king? And he says, well, seek the Lord. That's the way we're going to have success and prosper. But not only am I going to seek the Lord, but I'm going to destroy the false gods. You see, it's not enough just to seek God. But as we seek God, he begins to show you what are things in your life that needs to be destroyed. 
And my question to you is, as you're seeking God, those things should be get, become magnified so then you destroy the altars and you no longer go and worship those things. You have a responsibility in God's call over your life. Two-way street, connected together. God's call over your life has called you with the responsibility to destroy everything that's ungodly and to lift up all things that are godly. How many of you could say amen? amen. And there's so many verses that remind us of this and how faithful our Lord is. And, and, and at times when, when I was in King Asa's life, I started to think, and, and, I, and this is what I wrote in my notes. I don't want to mess it up, but this is how I felt at the moment I was doing this. And I wrote this. I almost feel like we almost want the Lord to be this faithful God at all times. Anyone with me there? Like, be faithful, God. Lord, heal. Lord, bless. Lord, give me money. Lord, I pray that you could fix this. Lord, just be faithful, God, at all times. But look what I wrote next. But we don't desire at times that we ourselves should be faithful servants to God at all times. Faithful children to God at all times. I mean, is it just me? That I'm like, God, 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 be faithful, God, because you're faithful, God. And you scream and the vein comes out. Be faithful, God. And God's in his throne and God's in your heart. And he says, be a faithful servant. And sometimes we come to God asking of God. And God comes to us asking of us. And that's how I felt when, 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 when I wrote this because, it, I, I mean, I was talking to myself. And I felt like most of the times I come to God, Lord, you're faithful, God, be faithful, God, one more time. And that's what I desire. But how about desiring, Rigo, be faithful servant, be faithful child of God. And you'll see how God is faithful to you. Scripture reminds us of that. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fly through three verses, Matthew 10, 33. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. You see that? I'm faithful to you, but just come to me. Come to me. I'm coming to you. I'm co trust me. I'm on my way to you, baby. Just come to me, and I'll come to you. I'm there. But it's not going to just magically happen. Boom, I landed on your lap. You know. Come to me, but if you deny me, I'm going to deny you. Do you know how scary this is? Listen up, young people, older people. Listen up. Imagine how scary it is to live all your life. You have fun, man. You're just blasting your life away. I mean, you're having such a blast, right? How many of you are having a blast with life? Christians, you can have a blast with life, man. But you don't know Jesus. And at the end, you see Jesus face to face and says, dude, you, you never came to me. I was there the whole time, right before you, and you never came to me. Well, when were you there, God? Well, today's a perfect example. You came to church today. It's not a coincidence. And, 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 and because you denied me with all of your life, now i got to deny you in eternity, and you can't come into heaven. That is probably the scariest moment of that person's life. Matthew 10. 33. Another scripture says in James chapter 4, 8, love this one, draw near to God and church, he's going to draw near to you. Why? He is a what God? Fill in the blank. I want them to hear it. He is a faithful God. Draw near and because of his faithfulness, he's there. He's going to draw near to you. I'm not going to miss out on my part, God says. Trust me. I'm going to be there. Another verse is 2 Timothy. Young pastor there says, if we endure... We will also reign with him. Awesome scripture. You want to reign with Jesus, church? How many could say yes? Okay, ready? Endure. Last. Remain. Get there. And you're going to be with him. If you endure, you're going to reign with him. But watch this. He, he's repeating Paul's words, right? Ain't he? You could tell he's a student of Paul. But if we deny him, he will also what? 
deny us. I don't want you to get the, I hope you didn't get the negatives of these things. Oh, my God, he's going to deny, deny, deny. I hope you got the positive that all I do is come to God and God's there. He's like, yes, I'm here. I've been here, yes. What I'm trying to show you here is not scare you of, if, if it works for some of you to scare you, amen. But, but it's not necessarily, <laughs> whatever it takes. But it's not that I'm necessarily giving you the negatives. I'm giving you the positive, and it's this, that God is a faithful God, and he's there with you at all times. How many of you can say amen to that? He's with you. Um, um, if you read 2 Chronicles and even in the book of the Kings, and you start to read through these scriptures, it's it's as if every king was told the same thing by the priest, was told the same thing by the prophets. You guys want to know what it is? And it's almost the theme of this book. And it's this right here. If you seek him, he will be found by you. It's literally the theme of every single king that you read. The prophet will come up to him. Hey, king, just, 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 you know, they have the weird names. And, and yes, prophet of the land, he says, the Lord gave me a word for you, and it's this. If you seek God, he will be found by you. And you're like, all right, cool. You flip over, you read the next king, and the same priest goes, hey, uh, um, hey king, yes, priest or prophet, if you seek God, guess what? He will be found by you. And it's almost a theme through every single page. But I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that as I read that and as you read that and as we read it, God is just reminding us and reminding us and reminding us and reminding us and reminding us. Because if you don't know the history, you're more prone to repeat history. So he said, look at the old kings. Know what they failed at. And if they would have just sought me, they would have been found. But, and, and, and he's telling us the same thing today in 2012 still. If you seek me, I will be found. But watch this. By you. You know what I like about that? He says, because it's personal. Not by them. Not by us. But if you seek me, I will be found by you. I hope you got that because God is a relational God, a personal God. And he says, I just want to get right with you. And I just want it to be me and you. Maybe you're sitting here today and we're going to jump into King A, so don't worry about it. But one scripture that runs to my mind is Matthew 7, 7. And I hope this is for someone here. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be what? You've ever tried to open up a door? Can I tell you a funny story? One funny story and then we'll get into the message. I have to give one funny story, okay? I, I, I got a haircut. Not this last time, but the last time. And I'm walking out of the shopping center, and I, and I see a black car. And I'm, I think I was, I was on one of these. And as I'm on the black car, actually, I might have been texting. And I had my key out, and I was opening the door. And when I get to the black car, I'm pulling it. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with my door? And, and I was pulling it. And I was like, what? And I got to a point where literally I was going, zah, zah. And I look back, and I was like, my God, my car is broken. The electronics of my car. When I took a step back, I looked at the rims. I go, oh, my God, it's a Toyota. It's not a Mazda. My car was right next to it. <laughs> right next to it. You know what I did, right? I went, ah, and I took back. I saw the Toyota. I went, and I went, oh, my God, did anyone just see me? And I went to the next car. I went to the next car. And I just went in that bad boy. Now, now, now what's amazing is this. Ready? Ready? Guess what? When I got to my car, I knocked on it before. I pressed a little button. 
And as soon as I knocked on it, you want to know what happened when I skipped out of the Toyota and I jumped into my Mazda and I grabbed the handle of my Mazda. Anyone want to take a guess what happened to that left door, the, pa- the, the driver's door? Anyone want to take a guess? It opened. Why? Because it's a reminder to me that even the word of God is seen in cars. And God says, I speak to you through cars. I speak to you through my word. If you just knock, Regal, I will open up the door and I will dine with you and you with me. Just knock. And I'm right there saying, hello and welcome. Let's dine and eat. Now, now I don't know if any of you had a frustrating moment like that. That you've tried to open a door. And it doesn't open. What the heck is going on with this door? I don't know if any of you have ever been there. <laughs> Betsy has. <laughs> Betsy definitely has. And I would love to hear your story right after the service because it sounds funny. <laughs> when you laugh like that, it's a good one. Well, well I'll tell you, if you had that, that in <laughs> Father. <laughs> But, but if, if you've had, if you've had that, that kind of encounter, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? It's not that frustrating with Jesus. All you do is knock and he opens it. And you just walk in. That's why he says to his disciples, follow me. Why? My yoke, my burden, it's light. It's easy. It's not too much. Just follow me. I make it easier. Just come to me. And you'll see how you become me. Just come to me. How many of you can say amen? How many of you can really say Amen. Amen. So be it, right? Amen. Lord, I, I want you to be faithful, God, all the time, all the time, all the time. Well, be careful how we say that because he is faithful, God. And listen to this next point. He is faithful. Come on, I need you to really listen to this part because when I wrote this down, it hit me. I was like, yeah, he is faithful, God. Watch this. Watch this. It's not that he loses his faithfulness. It's that we lose that favor because of our disobedience. And God's like, I have so much favor and I have so much blessing over you, but you can't do it. I can't when you're disobedient. You've ever been there where you're receiving the favor of God? I mean, my God, you're walking on water. You're having a Peter experience. You're telling mountains to move. I mean, you're creating miracle. I mean, you're just a sign and wa- you're a walking sign and wonder, man, because you're aligned with God's word. You've ever been there? And you're just like, wow, the favor of God is over my life. And then there's days where you're like, where's God? Dude, God is not around, bro. Pastor Rico, I hear you speaking, but I'm really struggling with my Christian walk. And I know for a fact there's people in here today that are mixed up with some things that you know right now as I'm speaking to you, God is saying, don't do it. Stop it. End it. Get out of there. Get out. Get out. Because it's going to be destruction if you don't get out. 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 And right now you're feeling in your heart, you're feeling in your heart this. Man, Pastor Rico, I'm really struggling with my walk. I, I don't feel the favor of God like I used to. Well, I'm going to tell you, is it because you're not obedient any longer? Could be that. I could just stay there, man, for hours. But let's not do that. There's a faithfulness in us. Listen, church. And that faithfulness, it's to endure. It is to remain. Come on, listen. It is to last. It's to last. Let's jump back to Asa really quick. Chapter 15. Look at how amazing uh, life is when the people of God, watch this, I think Ali said it. I think it was Ali. Look how amazing it is when the people of God are placing God in his right place. <laughs> Ready? Watch this. Go to chapter 15. We're going to skip a lot of verses because we don't have all day, but watch this. Verse 2 says, he went out to meet Asa and he said to him, hear me, Asa. I told you the, these priests and prophets speak to the kings. 
And all of Judah and Benjamin, watch what he says next. The Lord is with you while you are what? Dude, can we have a bigger reminder than that? New life, the Lord is with you as long as you are what? Just get with him, man. If you were with him, let's keep going here. What verse am I in? Because you know how I get here. I lose myself. I'm still in verse 2. All right, thank you there. Have patience with me. If you seek him, he will be what? Found by you. There's the theme. But if you forsake him, he will what? Uh-oh, not good. Let's jump. Let's jump some verses. Look at verse 7. So he's warning him. Hey, do this right. Look at verse 7. But, but you, Asa, you be strong and do not let your hands be weak. But for your work... It shall be rewarded, right? It's going to be rewarded because you're seeking God. Look at verse 8. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of dead, the prophet, watch what Asa did. He took courage and he removed the abominable idols from the land. He removed everything that was not from God. Let's just cut it short there. Removed everything. And then I'm going to jump. Here, and he removed that by taking over those lands and destroying those things that were not from God. Look at verse 11. We're almost ending here. And they offered to the Lord at that time 700 bulls. That's a lot of bulls, okay? Miami, he did a good job offering up some bulls, right? All right, let's just keep going. Whoa, shouldn't have said that. Whoa. And, amen, we got Ray Allen. Anyone excited for that? Heat fans, all right, let's keep going. All you other Heat fans, we still love you. Non-Heat fans, we still love you. Okay, 700 bulls and 7,000 sheep. That's a lot of sheep. Okay, imagine an NBA team called the Sheep, okay? <laughs> imagine that, the Georgia Sheeps. All right, here we go. And they took them from the spoil that they had brought. Verse 12, then they entered into a covenant. Watch the covenant that they entered. Not a contract, but a what? Covenant, a pact, a, a, it's a, a covenant, it's my faithfulness to God. Watch this, watch this. They entered into this covenant to seek the Lord God, their fathers, with all their heart, with all their soul. We're going to do this right. We're going to seek God. Verse 13. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel. Come on, church, read this part with me. Because imagine if we establish this here in New Life. Whoever did not seek the Lord God of Israel, what, what, what does it say next? He was put to death. Thank God we don't do that here. <laughs> You're not seeking God? We're going to kill him. Thank God we don't do that. Hey, we, we keep it clean, keep it holy. We're just praying for you, brother, if you don't know Jesus yet. In these days, oh, yeah, you don't want to know God? You don't want to serve God? We're just going to kill you. All right, all right. Okay, I'm, I'm going to serve him. Just kidding. That's some serious stuff. They were put to death, whether they were small individuals or whether they were great. He, they didn't care if you were popular around the block. Oh, really? You're so cool. Watch this. We're going to kill you because you don't know your God. We don't do that today, though. Whether small or great, whether man or woman, no respect. Verse 14. Then they took an oath before the Lord and with a loud voice shouting in trumpets, ram's horns. And all of Judah rejoiced for they had sworn. I love this. I love their passion. I don't like that they kill people. I just love their passion. Watch this passion. For they had sworn with all of their heart. They sought him with all of their soul. And he, you know who he is there? God. And God was found by who? Them. Because they did it right. They seek God, man. Some amazing things. Verse 18. And he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated to himself and dedicated silver and he dedicated gold and utensils. Verse 19. And there was no war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. You know why, right? Yeah, yeah, after five years, five years left, something happens. 
See, there are blessings all over. There's rest. There's peace. There's worship. There's unity in Judah. There's, wor- there, there, there's all these great things. The worship of other gods was, was done away with, and only God was to be praised, the only living God. And they would offer up sacrifices. They would offer up silver and gold. And God is so awesome. He's kind of like this. Ready? And, and I wrote this down. God is like, bless me. I'll bless you. Be faithful, and, and you'll be able to see and live in my favor. And you'll will not fall short one day of finding me. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fall short one day, one day of finding God. I want to get to that point that I'm just like, God, he's like, what's up, Regal? I'm like, dang, that was good. I want to get like that with God. How many of you want to get like that with God? That God is found by you, man. For so many people, listen to this part, it's so important of my message. Something happens as they live and as they serve God. And it's this, Christianity becomes stale. They're eating a stale cracker, it's the worst. I grew up eating cafe con leche con galletitas, okay? I grew up eating that. You ever put a, 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 a stale cracker in that cafe con leche? Oh. Some of our Christian walks, that happens to us. We become stale, become lukewarm. We become justified. Well, I'll date this person. It's not a big deal. Well, I'll go to this place. It's not a big deal. Well, I'll live like this. It's not a big deal. And God's like, yes, it is a big deal. Yeah, of course it is. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a massive deal. It's big. I wrote one, two, three, four, five cents. Here it is. Since when does following Christ become, I'm just bored. Since when does it become boring? I'm bored, so I'm going to just go serve other gods. Really, listen, uh, my funnest times has been serving the Lord. Amen. To see people get healed, to lay hands on them, that's freaky because I don't know I can't heal no one. That's God. To be able to preach to someone and see them cry and then they accept Jesus, that's not me, that's God. It's been fun. Since when do we stop serving him and begin to serve other gods? That's number two. Since when do we just stop living for him and we begin to live for ourselves in our own carnal ways? Since when do we do what we please according to our liking and feel free to justify it rather than doing what pleases him according to his liking and lined up to his word? Since when do we say, I'm just going to live like this and God is just going to have to accept me? Ever been there? God's just going to have to accept me. God's a good God. I'm not going to literally go to hell. He's going to accept me. Everyone with me. One, two, three. He is a good God. Trust me. But if you reject him... Since when do we say that instead we should be saying this, I need to stop living like this because I don't want God to reject me. Asa was not perfect. We see that in verse 17. Look at verse 17 with me. It says, but the high places were not removed from Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was loyal all his days. Are you guys with me for a second? Am I getting boring? Should I scream a little bit more? Okay, watch this. Asa was doing what? Asa was doing this. Watch this. Uh, Let's not remove that. But God saw his heart, and verse 17 says this. He did not remove these other idols, but nevertheless, his heart was loyal to God. Now, now I'm going to make a point that God gave me to make to you. Here it is. Ready? I know we're not perfect, and I know for a fact Asa wasn't perfect because verse 17, chapter 15, shows me that Asa was not perfect. You know what he should have done, right? He should have removed that altar, but he didn't. You know why God allows us to see that? To remind us, hey, guys, don't get confused about Asa. He was not perfect. And he looks at my life, and I read the word, and I said, wow, thank God, because I'm not perfect, and you're not perfect. And I know that no one here is perfect, but I wonder, I wonder this. 
How many of us are doing things right? Okay? I'm not perfect, but man, I, at least I'm doing things right. And I mess up, but I'm, but I'm doing things right. You, you know the difference, right? I'm doing things right. I'm not perfect, but man, I'm doing things right. I want you right now where you're sitting just to examine your life because I'm getting right now to the ending of my message. I want you to examine your life. And listen to my next point here. Are there things, are there things in your life that are not just right, that are they're just not right? And you can be avoiding them by just getting back in line and doing what's right. Like removing the altar, Asa, that should have been removed in the first place. You guys know what I'm talking about. It takes you to sin that one time. It takes you to drink that one time. It takes you to have sex that one time. I mean, whatever it is. Whatever it is. It takes you to gamble that one time. It takes you to whatever it is that one time. It takes you to bite from that fruit that one time. Whatever it is, one time. And next thing you know, it consumes you. And it becomes two times. And you don't even have enough fingers to count how many times you continue to go back to that same sin. Let me tell you why. Because you haven't dealt with it. It's not that God is not a faithful God. It's that your disobedience has not allowed you to receive God's favor in a long time. Get back. Destroy the altar. Get right with God. Listen, it's not going to be a pretty sight if you don't do that. Praise God that we serve a faithful God. Amen. That he said, all you got to do is destroy it. Make it right with me. How do I make it right? Well, avoid those things by doing what's right. Well, what's right? Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. We've preached on this before. He gives us a peep. Can we go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8? And then after uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to ask just the piano to come up in a few minutes. If you're there, just shout an amen to make sure that I'm with you and you're with me. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. I'll wait for you. Any ameners? Amen. <laughs> Verse 7, follow along with me. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Don't turn from the word of God. Don't, don't turn from your God. Why? Because look at the comma, after the comma. So that you may have good success wherever you go. I, I want success. Well, don't turn from God. Verse 8. This book of the law... This, this book shall, shall not depart from your mouth, but, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in that book. For then you will make your, your way prosperous, and then you will have what, church? Good what? Yeah. You're going to make your way prosperous. You're going to make your way successful. Well, 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 listen, church, don't depart from the book of God. Don't depart from God. I love how Joshua kind of gives us a, a, a peep in here. We're, we're not to depart from it, but we are to do what it says. We're, we're not to turn, but to stay straight. We're, we're not just to, to read it or to listen like we're listening today, but we are to also, what? Well, it starts with an M. I just read it. We are to meditate on God's word. We're not just to live and serve carelessly, but we are to be careful to do according, like Joshua says, all that is written in it and your way will be prosperous and you will have not just decent success but you will have what good success Asa took a turn that would change his life forever and I'm warning the church today don't take the same turn that Asa took it'll change your life forever well what's the turn chapter 16 
You see a king rises up against Asa. And let's just summarize what's happening here. And Asa was tired. And he said, I don't want to go to fight. I don't want to go to war. I've had 35 years of peace. I haven't fought once. I don't want to go to war now at this age. And you probably know, and you're going to see how we could apply this to our life. I don't know about Asa's life, but I'm thinking, and I guess he just got tired of fighting. I'm thinking he just got tired of seeking the Lord. I guess he thought, well, I could do this in my own strength. I don't got to seek the Lord. How about you? Have we ever been in that point of our life where we wake up in the morning, one thing comes to us, and God's saying, you forgot to seek me. And you go by the day, and like, I don't have to really seek the Lord. Well, one day passes, two days passes, one week passes, two weeks passes, and you're so far from God because you wanted to do things your way, the right way, according to your likeness. Next thing you know, you're separated from God. And now you see yourself taking this turn and it's changing your life. You're in relationships you should never be in. You're working in places you should never be working at. You're going to places you should never be going to. You're doing things that you never should be doing. And then you find yourself in this mud, like we like to explain it, and you say the one thing that everyone says, how did I get here? And God's like, you turned that's as simple as it is. You turned away. If you would have stayed straight, you would have had good success and you would have prospered. But, but, but Asa, Asa, you turned and new life. Maybe you're here today and he says you turned. And what did Asa do? Ready? He did a peace treaty with this king. Since when did God tell you, Asa, to do a treaty with this guy? If you would have asked God, God probably would have told you to kill him right now. Just do it with him. So we don't have to do it with him anymore. Get him out of there. But instead he makes a peace treaty. And Asa makes decisions on his own according to his liking. And he relies on man instead of relying on God. His life was changed forever. He straight away, he departed, he turned. Check this out, church. He no longer meditated on the book of the law, on the word of God. Check this out. He was careless in his life and he didn't even realize it. That's a scary place to be. When you get to a place where you're careless and you don't even realize it. When I ask Danny... As we get ready to close. I want you to look at verse 7 through 10. Look what happens here. At that time, the seer came to Asa. And he said to him, because you've relied on the king. And you did not rely on the Lord your God. Therefore, the army of the king has escaped from your hand. Where the Ethiopians and the Lubim, whatever, not a huge army, with very many chariots and horsemen, yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. Look at verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Church, stay loyal to him. Watch this. And Asa was angry with the seer. And he put him in prison. And he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people. At the time, did you just see how Asa's life changed? Since when did you become a villain? Since I started allowing sin into my life. I started to suck when I started to allow sin in my life. Maybe you're starting to get a little sour lately. Well, you became careless. You allowed sin. And verse 9 says, Hey, the Lord just wanted to show himself strong in your life. If your heart would have just stayed loyal, that's it. 
Asa could have avoided this. But Asa, you were a fool. And look at what it goes on to say. It says, because you've done foolishly, therefore from now on, you shall have wars. That kind of stinks. Is that really how you want to end your life, Asa? Asa was a mighty man. I'm going to stand on a chair and I know people are going to get upset because we just bought these chairs, but it's okay. And Asa was a mighty man above all things. God's blessing me. Come on, everyone, worship the Lord with me. And he began to get careless. He began to take his eyes off God. And when he began to take his eyes off God, the prophet comes to him and says, you became careless. And he calls him a fool. You are a fool. And because you're a fool, now there's wars for the rest of your life. And I look at that right there in scripture and I say, God, 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 I don't want that to be me. I want that the end of my life is greater than the beginning of my life. Watch this. A king's tale. One who started well but ended badly. I want this for my life. I want to start well, but I want to end great and mighty. I want to end victorious. I want that when I die and I get thrown in a coffin, on my coffin it says, that was a mighty man of God who ended his race well, who fought the good fight, who finished the race. Regal did it right. He wasn't perfect, but my God, did he do it right. And that's what God is saying to the church today. He says, you started well. But don't end bad like Asa. I destroyed him because he became a fool. He became careless with careless living. And he began to live in sin. And he went away from this book. And the end of his days were wars and sickness. I'm going to prove it to you. An amazing king who had a great start but had a horrible finish. And I'm going to end real soon now, I promise you. Look at what verse 12 says. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became deceased in his feet. And he did not seek the Lord. What did he not do? Seek the Lord. Fool. He did not seek the Lord. But he sought who instead? The doctors. I don't need God. Doctors could heal me. And that's fine. I'm not telling you to stop going to doctors. You go to doctors. God put it. That's not what I'm saying today. But he took his eyes off God is the main point I want to make. So Asa rested, Asa rested with his fathers and he died in his 41st year of his reign. They buried him in his own tomb, which he made for himself in the city of David. They laid bed, which was filled with spices, various ingredients. They made a great burning for him. Asa became deceased in his feet. And his malady, it says here in verse 12, was severe. But yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord. What? Asa, you didn't get it. It wasn't enough. God, God struck you with the disease. You should have said, oh my God, I'm sorry, God, forgive me for all my sins. But instead, you continue to live this sinful life, Asa. You didn't get it. And the Bible says that even with his disease and this this malady was so severe, this sickness was so severe over his life that even in his sickness and in his severe state of being, he still didn't seek the Lord. Did you just see what just happened? A man who was filled with the favor of God was now empty of the favor of God. And his end was horrible. 
because he didn't come to his king. I believe that God put this story in the Bible, this tale of a king, so that we could learn from it. What a way to end after 41 years. That's not how Asa probably wanted to go down, but he did. And now it sets as a reminder to you and I. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 is so important. Don't turn, church. And I'm ending. Don't turn. You want to have good success? You want to prosper wherever you go? Stick to the book of the law. Stick to the Lord. Don't let it depart from you. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what God wants you to do. In there you will have good success. In there you will prosper. Do it right. Do it right. We're running a race, church. Let's finish well. Here's my last thing. I have three verses, but I think the point is made. My question to you is this. You started okay. Maybe you're like, Regal, man, really, I haven't even started okay. I kind of started bad. That's fine. Because what really matters to God is not really how you start. It's how you finish. Paul talks about running the race finish for that upward call of Jesus Christ so this is my question to you how many of you today right now right now are at a point in your life that you're just saying I got to finish right I got to get right back on track I don't want to be like King Asa I'm doing I'm not perfect and I know I could avoid some things in my life I just start doing things right again I'm going to ask you with reverence before God can you just stand as we close off in prayer? Hallelujah. If there's anyone here today, and God is speaking to your heart through this king of Judah called Asa. I don't know if I'm going to see him in heaven. I don't know whether he went to hell or not. I'm not that. God, that's God's. Man, what an awesome life. And then the last five years, he messed it all up. And I'm telling you today, don't mess it up. Let's do it right. End, end, end great. Finish right, finish great. Today, if this message is for you, I, I haven't done this in a while. I want to do this today. It's been probably about a month since we haven't done this, maybe a, a little bit more than a month, but I want to do this today. I don't really care who's around you and who's next to you, and sh you shouldn't care either right now. Just care that God loves you and he wants you right now. But if this message is for you and you just say, Lord, I want to just end right. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And like, I just need Jesus in my life. I want to end right. I want to do this right. I want to make things right. As we close today, if that's you right there where you're at. The Bible says that he who denies me, I'm going to deny him before the Father. And today you're saying, I'm done with denying God. I want to accept him so that one day he could accept me. It's been a while since we've done this here, but I want to do it today. I feel led to do this and hope it's right. And this is what I want to do. I want to pray with you. If that's you, and this message was for you, and God was poking at your heart, and he says, enough, I am calling you to me. 
Can you do me a favor? I'm going to meet you right up here. I want you to come here with me. And ask some of the leaders to come. They're going to pray for you. But I want you to say, I need prayer. I need to do things right. We normally call this the altar, and the altar is open, the stage is open, the platform is open. Whatever you want to call it, but God's heart is open to you today. And the only reason we're really asking you to come up today is because we just want to pray for you and strengthen you and speak into your life the word of God. We want to see you face to face and tell you that God loves you. And we want to just give you encouraging words today. So today, if that's you, you cannot worry about who's next to you and who's around you and what people are going to think. Because really, they're not going to think anything. If that's you, can you come up here, not to the stage, but to the bottom part. And can you say, I want this change today. I want to end right. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to open it up. If that's for you, come. Let's pray together. And make that step of faith. Say, I want this. And I believe that as you're walking up, God is already doing the miracle. Left and right, God is already doing it. Left and right. I'm going to ask some of the leaders just to come up and let's pray. Let's worship. If you're up here, begin to cry out to your God and say, Lord, here I am, heal me. Here I am, strengthen me. Here I am, cover me, change me. Here I am, consume me. Here I am, take over my life. Lord, I want to start doing things right. I want to go back to your word. If you don't need prayer, can you just stretch out your hands and pray for these people and say, Lord, help them. We'll take about two minutes or so. Lord, strengthen them. Lord, love them. So if that's you, can you just pray for them? Lord, love these guys. Love these girls. Love them today. Let them make things right today if that's you. Can you pray for them? Lord, love them today.